Let us pray. Loving God, we pray that you will give us ears to listen, minds to understand, and hearts to love. We pray this in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we had a big storm that came through Birmingham and all of Alabama the other day, and so when we woke up the morning after the storm that blew through, out on our backyard and in our deck, uh, we found that they were covered with lots of small limbs that were knocked loose from all the pecan and oak trees in our backyard. And I noticed how the squirrels and the chipmunks were out in mass. Uh, they were especially excited, um, scurrying around in the debris uh, and all the nuts that had been uh, knocked loose during the storm. So when I went outside yesterday to kind of clean up some of the storm debris, I wasn't surprised to still find lots of these pecans as I worked to pick up the fallen limbs. And I kind of got out a little basket to collect them in. And when we moved here this summer, I was so happy to see that we had these two tall pecan trees in the middle of our backyard because they remind me of the pecan trees that grew in my grandparents' backyard uh, when we would visit when I was growing up. For many years at Thanksgiving time, my family would make the six-hour drive from where we lived in Florida to where my dad was from, which is Cuthbert, Georgia, which is a small town in rural southwest Georgia, just over the state line from Eufaula. And so we would spend the holiday with my granny and granddaddy Bridges and with uncles and aunts and cousins who would also come sometimes. And it always seemed more like fall up in Cuthbert. The leaves would have fallen from the pecan trees at that point and the air always felt much cooler and crisper than it did back home in Florida. Like we had to bring different clothes with us to stay warm. And one of the things I always remember about those visits at Thanksgiving time to Cuthbert was how I'd go out into the backyard with granddaddy to look for and gather up all the pecans. So now, whenever I find a pecan in my yard or out on a walk or a run, I think of granddaddy. And I also think of being thankful for having had the chance to know my grandparents who each lived to be about 90 years old. And so they were present for about the first 35 years or so of my life and they had the chance to meet my daughters. So today, on All Saints Day, we have the opportunity to be thankful for the saints we have known in our own lives and the legacy of faith that they've passed down to us. For decades, my grandparents, Frank and Margaret, were very involved members of the First United Methodist Church of Cuthbert. Granny was a member of one of the ladies' circles and a faithful choir member. Granddaddy regularly served as a greeter and an usher. And I know this in part because Granny would have the First United Methodist of Cuthbert Weekly Bulletin sent to our house down in Florida, and it would list who was doing what each Sunday morning. At Granny and Granddaddy's house, the same house that my dad and his two siblings grew up in, my grandparents had these his and hers uh, recliner chairs that they kept side by side back in the TV room. And next to each chair, there was a side table where they kept all their Bibles and their devotional books and booklets like the Our Daily Bread, which Granny also had sent to our house in Florida, and that I would, that I would actually read growing up as a child. 
Granny and Granddaddy prayed and read their Bibles and their devotional books every day. And when we visited, if I got up early enough in the morning, I might find Granddaddy sitting in his recliner reading his Bible and devotional, while I might find Granny reading hers up later in the evening before she got ready for bed. The faith that I have today is due in part to seeing how my granny and granddaddy Bridges and also my grandpa, my grandma Barrack in Kentucky and my great aunt Ree in Florida by seeing how they worshiped and lived out their faith throughout the course of their lives. Oftentimes we think of All Saints Day and of saints in general, we think of it as people who have gone before us and left us the legacy of their faith. We hear their stories and we're inspired to follow in their footsteps. We wonder whether we can ever have the kind of faith that they had, to stand steadfast in their faith even in times of life-threatening illness or dangerous conditions or all manner of intense personal hardships and trials. We can look in our liturgical calendar and find the names of people from throughout the centuries and around the world. And on their feast days, we remember them and their stories of faith. Looking back at the lives of the saints from the past is worthwhile, and it can encourage and strengthen us. Whether the saints are the more well-known ones included in the church calendar, or the ones whose lives and faith have personally touched our own. But what I would like us to consider today is how the saints aren't just the people of faith who have gone before us. As we heard in the beautiful prelude this morning, all our hope on God is founded. God doth call one and all, and all you who follow shall not fall. The saints are all the children of God, who all have the potential to live lives of faith. Like the pecans and acorns, the squirrels and the chipmunks and I like to find in the backyard, we have the potential inside us to grow up in our faith to be like tall trees, rooted deeply in our shared faith as we stretch out our limbs and leaves and trunks upward, growing in toward God. What seems to be just a small nut is in fact potential growth. Every acorn, every pecan, has the potential to become a grand old tree. And we all have been born to be children of God with that same potential to take root and then to grow and stretch our lives upward toward all that God has given us the potential to be. About 13 years ago, when my oldest daughter was still a preschooler and we were soon to have a second baby, we decided to find a new church in our town. And we decided to end up at First Presbyterian of DeLand, which was across the street from where I taught and just a few minutes from our home. And part of why we had chose to attend this church is because they had a school, the First Presbyterian Day School, which at the time went from one-year-old preschool all the way into the primary grades. We liked the idea that the place where our daughters would go to school would also be where we would go to church. I ended up joining the board of the day school, and around that time, the executive committee was writing the new mission and vision statements for the school. Our head minister, Bruce, 
brought forward some verses of scripture that he thought would be perfect to fit the vision of the school, which are the verses that we heard from 1 John 3 today. See what love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now. What we will be has not yet been revealed. What we do know is this. When he is revealed, we will be like him, for we will see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. So whenever I hear this passage from 1 John, I remember those several years when my daughters were part of that school and we were part of that school's wider community. And I also reflect on why this verse, beloved, we are God's children now, what we will be has not yet been revealed, was, as Bruce argued at the time, the perfect articulation of the vision of the First Presbyterian Day School. You see, the day school included children from a wide variety of socioeconomic backgrounds. Many lower-income children and their families were served by our school as we participated in a grant program in the state of Florida that gave scholarships to lower-income families who wanted to send their children to private school. So in that context, these verses seemed especially apt for getting at that idea of the potential in every child regardless of their family's relative wealth or status or race or ethnicity. Every child ever born, including those served by the day school and every one of us here and baby, and baby Margaret Ann Black, who we baptized earlier today, each one of us is a child of God. But today, in light of this passage from 1 John about being God's children, as well as Jesus' teaching in the Sermon on the Mount about what it means to be blessed, I would like to reflect on what exactly does it mean to live as a child of God. We are God's children now. What we will be has not yet been revealed. What we do know is this. When he is revealed, we will be like him, for we will see him as he is. When Jesus gave his Sermon on the Mount and he told us who will be blessed, we learn more about the character traits and the qualities of the children of God, people who see God as he really is and who mirror God's true qualities and who they are. You don't have to have the title saint affixed to the front of your name to be someone who reflects God as he has revealed himself to us in Christ. To be someone who is blessed. A saint can be anyone who wants to see God, know God, love God, and live the kind of resurrection-infused life that God has revealed to us in his Son, Jesus Christ. A saint is not someone who is extra special or extra blessed. A saint is a child of God who comes to understand that what God means by blessed is not what the people in the world around us usually mean when they talk about being blessed. A saint is someone who through their life experiences has come to realize what God has done for us and allowing Jesus to live and die as one of us and then to be resurrected and live again and how that changes everything for us, 
and for the meaning and potential in the life of each child of God. The incarnation of Christ and his ultimate resurrection turn everything we might expect it to mean to be a saint or to be a child of God or someone who is blessed. It turns all of that upside down and inside out. In his Sermon on the Mount, when Jesus tells us who will be blessed, the list of people who he says will be blessed are people who lack confidence, who know what it is to feel insecure or anxious, people who've experienced deep personal loss, people whose voices seem small and at the margins, whose voices sometimes get lost in the loudness that swirls all around us, even though they too have important things to say. People who set aside their own needs for the good of others by having pure motives and seeking peace over personal status or gain. People who've done the right thing, even when they knew they would be punished instead of rewarded for it. The saints are the ones who, whether in the past or the present or the future, will make decisions that don't always make sense to everyone else. The saints are the ones who make choices inspired by this upside-down, inside-out love of Christ. And when they live and love in this upside-down kind of way, God reveals himself to them so that they will receive the kingdom of heaven, be comforted, filled, receive mercy, and see God. Amen.